May all the acquaintance be forgot and never come to mind. Mm-hmm. Should all the acquaintance be forgot. Old Lang Syne. Happy New Year, Will. Happy New Year, Goslings. That's right. Happy New Year, Liz. Happy New Year, Goslings. It's 2023. And we are back with the Smug Buds. How are you doing, Will? It's 2023, and we are podcasting. We are are doing our podcast. Yes. Now, I'm just going from memory here. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we entering our fifth year of doing the podcast? Oh my God, maybe. Because I am sure we started pre-pandemic. We did. I think we must have started in 2019. Is that correct? I I think, okay, I'm going going to our website. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, that that would be the place to learn more about this subject, yeah. (laughs) And I... I will say, I think that you and I, if I'm remembering correctly, technically recorded episodes and then released them after the new year. Okay, so is it true that that we 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 started the activity of making the podcast in 2019, but the podcast as a public entity has a birthday in 2020? You're actually you're opposite. So. We started recording in We started releasing them before we started recording them? No, no, no. We started recording in 2018. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was longer before the pandemic than I was. Yeah. So technically. We did like a year of it before 2020. Yes. And so in 2019. So in 2023, at the end of 2023, is when we will be hitting five years of you and I recording. But in you, but which is another way of saying that this is the beginning of year five. Yes. That's by which, the end of the which year. Which is basically how, I think how I framed it. This is our fifth year. Yeah. Twenty in, in nine, like nine months though. Twenty <laughs> But going by the calendar year. Twenty nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and twenty two. That's four years. Twenty twenty three is year five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is our fifth year. Yeah. Of doing this podcast. Yes. That, congratulations. Well, the congratulations to you too, although I was going to say, I think that is worrisome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, Do you I, know what's actually a weirder metric for this? Go on. So you and I have been friends for 15 years. Sure. Which means that we have now <laughs> been doing a podcast like no. for a third of our relationship. No, no we haven't. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't accept that. <laughs> We're punchy um, today. Yeah. No, I think I tend to pick up and put down hobbies a little more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that uh there there's something about the two of us joint uh you know enjoying this enough to could c- keep doing it 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 that makes it more of a commitment yes uh and i don't think any, i don't think either one of us wants to back down no 
Also, we got to do it for the fans. Well, yes. Obviously, our main obligations to the Goslings, yes. <laughs> who who would riot uh, if we uh, did an episode and called it the final one. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any old business or anything you want to talk about? I do. Old business. Uh, do you have anything uh, under that umbrella before I uh, dive in to mine? No, I th- I th- mm-hmm. I actually thought I did, but I can't. Oh, I will say the one thing which I have already told you, but an update to our misheard episode is I found a new lyric I've been mishearing today in the car. Yep. Uh, which is that in "Numb" by Linkin Park, uh, whenever they sing "Caught in the Blank," "Caught in the Blank," they're saying "undertow," meaning mm-hmm. like. Uh, the waves um, from a boat that's going along that sure. are sort of sucking water under the boat, not undertones, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I thought. Yeah. It, undertone <laughs> is a word that I think I've had much more time to consider mm-hmm. than the word undertow. Yes. Yeah. And, and same for you, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't blame you at all <laughs> for that error. What's your business? So when we're recording this, it's the morning of Saturday, January 28th, 2023. And uh, first of all, I just wanted to acknowledge the existence of the Oscars. Uh, Oh, yes. You may be aware that the Oscar nominees were announced on January 24th. So you may be thinking, well, the Oscars themselves must be right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Wrong. March 12th. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god is that is that one is that awp so you may also be thinking well it's a sunday night so that's good timing we we will just have been done with awp Ah, uh, yes so that's the perfect time to get home get together with friends at wash house wrong again we're still going to be in seattle <laughs> I mean, I'll be home. <laughs> because be, I'm talking about when I say we, I don't mean you and me. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean me and Dana because follow, the week following AWP is Dana's spring break. And right. so we thought we would extend our stay in Seattle a bit longer. And uh, now we realize that what that means is uh, we are going to really enjoy a hotel room in Seattle uh, during the evening hours when the Oscars are on, uh, and, and I will be watching them. Amazing. Yes, indeed. So, uh, the, uh, look forward to the annual Oscars episode of the podcast, probably in February, although it could also be in March if it's early enough in March, uh, that it's before AWP and yeah. the Oscars themselves. Mm-hmm. The other old business that I wanted to bring up is, speaking of Hollywood and the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. have you heard the news about who we recently oh. learned is a dangerous pervert? Yes, but I can I tell you, I it took me so long to actually like read sort of fully what happened, and I feel like uh, I still don't have the whole picture. I certainly don't. I'm not His bringing it up. His first name's... Oh, do, can we say it? <laughs> I'm going to say it, yeah. Okay, go ahead. We're, I'm talking about Justin Roiland. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and uh, I don't know the whole picture. That's not the reason I'm bringing it up. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just, I understand that uh, there are domestic abuse charges against- Like felony level charges though. Indeed, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, who who could have imagined that <laughs> such a man might be responsible for such a thing? Um, he seems so uh, uh, healthy and normal. Um, but uh, he's not only the creator of Rick and Morty; he he is Rick and Morty. He's yeah. He's their he's both of their voices. So have you heard um, that the 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 charges news? That's weeks old. Mm-hmm. The news that is more like days old. I'm wondering if you've heard is Adult Swim announced. We have cut ties with Justin Roiland. Rick and Morty will continue. Yes, I did see that. And the reason I saw that is because Jenny Nicholson, um, a YouTuber I really like, had retweeted it and said, uh, I don't know where they'll be able, how they'll be able to replace Justin Roiland. It's not like every white man ever hasn't tried to do these voices before. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Great point. Uh, so uh, the real reason I bring this up is because I am smug about what they should do next. Hire are you? Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not that good at either of those voices. But if they want to hire me for something else, I'm, I'm available. Um, no, I... I, I have an opinion about what they must do next. Okay, what is it? And they might do some of what I'm about to say, but by the end of it, it they'll never do this. Mm-hmm. For, for financial reasons, and maybe there are like contractual reasons, this will never happen. But it's going to begin with something they might do. Okay. First of all, they should cast two people. Yes, two different people. They should get a Rick... Actor and a Morty actor. Mm-hmm. It's just an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. Um, they sh- once they hire those people, um, in addition to making future episodes with them in the roles, mm-hmm. they should get the new voices of Rick and Morty to re-record everything. Oh yeah. Every episode, every video game. <laughs> Every ad for a video game or uh, fast food burgers, mm-hmm. uh, they should re-record all of that, not only release all of that, but unrelease the old versions of all that stuff, uh-huh. re- replace it with the new version. They should make it as difficult as possible to access the original versions. Uh-huh. And finally, they should never acknowledge any of it. <laughs> they, should, they, should, they should not do as much as a winking joke to the new voices in a future episode. Yeah. Not, not even that. They should just barrel ahead. These, these are the voices of Rick and Morty. Uh, no, no in-universe acknowledgement of the change. No cute little reference to it. No explanation for why uh, the voices are not what they once were in all the past media. Yeah. 
I think that that's a great idea, and I think they should definitely do it. Wouldn't that be the most Rick and Morty thing to do? I was going to say it's very in universe, and it's and it's not be and it and I'm not saying this purely from a uh, all the money in the world the movie where they replaced Kevin Spacey uh, sort of a way, like it, it it is that, but also. It it it's it's like the audience, it's like a Mandela effect sort of thing where the audience accidentally slipped into another universe. It's it's exactly like when they fuck up their own universe so badly they just go to that one that was really similar and mm-hmm. bury. Yeah, I, I had to bury myself. They should. They should. <laughs> it was really hard. They should. They should do. They should do that without acknowledging it. That's not what they'll do. What the, what they'll do is they'll get new people. They might get mm-hmm. two people like I want them to, and the first episode with the new people will start with Morty wakes up. His voice has changed. They blame puberty. Yes. And then Rick does something cruel to change his own voice. With like a sci-fi contraption, and his motivation is to like to mock Morty because Rick is cruel, and everything that he does has to be either cruel or ostensibly cruel. You know what uh, I think would be funnier never for change back. um, fun- you know what I think would be funnier for Rick. Go ahead. I think I think the puberty thing is right. Mm-hmm. I think it would be funnier if he. Just has like laryngitis, mm-hmm. and it's like something. I, I say this because it's just something so normal, and laryngitis you often get from like overexerting your voice. Yeah. So it's like just from him like yelling too much, mm-hmm. and that it's just that he just has laryngitis and he just doesn't kick it. The, the problem with that <laughs> is is um, I mean they can do whatever they want and they can yeah. do that and that might be funny. Um. The problem that some people would have with that is he should be he should be able to cure that. He, like, yeah, he I, he he should be able to invent something. That's why I think it would be funnier is if he just like mm-hmm. can't figure out how to get over this normal like this very. That might be funny. They wouldn't do that unless they wanted to tell a story about that being a threat to his like basically omnipotence. I um also am sort of drawing from real life here because when I was in kindergarten, my mom yelled at us so much that she got laryngitis and then she had it for six months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she kept having to talk to us. Sure. <laughs> and I was a real bitch about it. They mom won't... would be like, Liz, Liz, don't draw on the walls. And I'd be like, draw on the walls? You got it, mom. And she'd be like, Elizabeth. Go to your room. <laughs> what they'll also probably do is um they they I'm sure they must be thinking of doing a thing with like as many high profile guest stars as they can get. Like Oh yeah, yeah. They'll do a wacky sci-fi thing where there's a sci-fi reason why their voices keep changing like once a minute or something. Yeah. And minute one, it's Key and Peel, and minute two, you know, it, it's Elon, it's Elon Musk and and Cat Turd, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, until they finally like reveal the permanent new voices at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But also, not to mention the fact that they might be stepping on the toes of. Did Did you hear they're bringing Futurama back, but John DiMaggio won't come back? The voice no, of Bender. Yes, but he is coming back now. Oh, okay. All right. That so I hadn't heard the latest news about it. Yeah, because when that happened, I feel I forget why he wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody lost their shit. Sure. So like so much that it was I think like twenty four hours. Will. Mm-hmm. That then he was like, they got me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't bring Futurama yeah, I was, back. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to bring up Futurama because that was a show that um, ha- would have so many celebrity guest stars constantly. Just their yeah. heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. I've taken up uh, more than enough time uh, and your time because it's your episode. It is uh, my episode. Should I say what it's about? Yeah. So, Will, what are we talking about today? Uh, this episode is called Music Videos 2. Unless you tell me it's called something else. Yeah, no, no. It's just called Music Videos 2. I it's love that. It's the update. Um, because, of, well, there's a few things. Wait, let me do some math really quick. So okay. so while you're doing that, I just wanted to say another thing that I've tried to do from memory uh, without looking up uh, our own website is uh, I was trying to remember if you've ever done a part two episode before. And I apologize if I might be insulting you by forgetting something that you've done. I don't think I have. Yeah, I I don't think so either. Um, Yeah, and I think that this one, this one I sort of knew was going to have a part two eventually. I had been like gathering little notes um, over the past like six months. And some of the things I know that I'm bringing up in this episode, I know that I've talked about like in opening segments, but I'm still going to talk about them again just for the sake of collecting it in one place. Right. Um, so I did send you the updated, I sent you the part two playlist. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say is part of the reason I, um, think that it's a little bit funny that I'm doing this now is the math doesn't completely add up, obviously, but my first music videos episode was episode 34 and this is episode 77. So it's, it's a little bit more than double. Like we're like, if you were to take how many episodes we have now and cut it in half. We're pretty much right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which I think is fun. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your baseline? Did you get a chance? I don't expect you to even have look, listened to or watched any of them, but did you look at the list? <laughs> yeah, I, I have not uh, watched the playlist at all, but I did uh, give it a Scroll. glance over to see what was in there. Good. And, and, yeah, that's mostly what I was expecting you to do. I mostly saw a bunch of stuff that I'm not really familiar with. Yes, I was thinking that you probably wouldn't be. Um, So I wanted to, there's going to be a few different segments to this in terms of the way we're talking about it. So I'm not going to go over, um, you know, listen to part one if you want to hear about why I'm so interested in music videos, uh, what I think of as a music video uh, genre and the different sort of mini genres and um, types of music videos I see. Um, I'm going to give a a little update on some sort of like foundational music video things that I hadn't thought of last episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through some categories that have updates. So categories that have new music videos I want to add to them. Mm 
And then we're all going to go through some new categories that I added. Yeah. And then at the end, uh, I have a little bonus content in just weird tropes I've noticed in song lyrics. Oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, so let me bring up my little document that I've shared with you. Okay. So the first thing I want to bring up, which I feel like I did bring up in um, an episode, was that I – there's this whole music video genre that are lyric videos now. Yep. And um, these have like they're, – they're really interesting to me because I think lyric videos initially started from people just literally making – like putting lyrics on the screen with like bad font and like a plain background color. Fan-made, um, yeah. Fan-made, yeah, against the song. Um, and now they're these like they're they might as well be their own music video. Right. So I included um the one in the list for Maroon by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, because Midnight's came out and each one of those lyric videos is like very highly produced, right? So yes. lots of sort of colors and um imagery and really beautiful like landscape videography, I would say mm-hmm. um and I, and i think when i i'm certain i talked about this earlier um like in another episode and i think that the main reason that these exist is because very often people want to use youtube specifically which is i think also a really funny thing right like these lyric videos are existing largely because of youtube right um and people want a way that they can basically play a song um, without having maybe some of the extraneous um, things that are happening in a music video because the music videos, as we've talked about, very often have like opening dialogue or whatever, right? Like, for instance, you're listening to a new Taylor Swift song and then all of a sudden you're listening to the voice of Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> yeah. <know>? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Good anti-hero reference, Will. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> Um. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, you're watching a different Taylor Swift video, and y- you are hearing um Laura Dern and Hyam, mm-hmm. uh, talking about things. Um, but also, I th- I think I can imagine a world where you and I are in college, but it's like 2022 or something, 2020, sure. and uh, one of us owns a small projector, mm-hmm. like one of those little like almost pocket-sized ones, and we're in a dorm room with all of the lights off and that projector projecting music, lyric music videos onto a wall where we sort of like hang out and drink. That sounds like heaven. Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I feel like there's also like that as a usage for them is like a way to have sort of like um, like ambiance. And in that sense, it I think they're super interesting because it's sort of like it feels very high art to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, it feels very, like, art show to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the other lyric video I included is for, um, Closer by the Chainsmokers and Halsey. And the reason I included that one is because I looked up, um, the lyric videos on Wikipedia because I was like, I wonder if this has enough, like, this to be on Wikipedia, essentially. Sure. And this is the most watched lyric video of all time. Interesting. Um, and it is so boring. 
<laughs> this one is closer to a and I know that this song was super popular in 2016, but like this one is closer to a music video where it's like actual people. Yeah, I'm looking hot at people. It. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's less like the ambiance that I feel like a lot of lyric videos have where it's very like, you know, if you had like I feel like a lot of lyric videos it's like you could almost like buy stock footage and like edit it together and you wouldn't yeah. have to go anywhere. By the way, I, I'm doing what I hope the many a listener will will do, which is I'm following along with you. Um, obviously, uh, there's going to be a link to the playlist that you created in the show yes. notes for the episode. I have the YouTube playlist as you are talking about these videos. I'm looking at them uh, in the uh, corner of my screen. So yes, I'm I'm seeing the hot people on the beach. And also, um, if I have all of these um, videos separated by category with individual links in our show notes. Very good. So you can look at them that way. Um, Okay. And then the next part is, I know, (laughs) I'm like so amused at this. I know that when um, we did this first episode, we talked about, I talked about sort of like media surrounding music videos so we had talked about making the video and pop-up video yep and i completely forgot about this third thing which i know is less popular because there's barely like a wikipedia entry there's barely like an imdb page for this Mm -hmm. which was mtv show called becoming which in and of itself sounds like it could be about anything um and becoming was a show it was a a 30-minute block, so, you know, it's ostensibly 20 minutes or whatever. Um, and every episode was actually called Becoming dot 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 and then the name of an artist. And the, the premise for the show is so absurd. It was about somebody who would get, you know, surprised by MTV and they would become Britney Spears, let's say. That's what I have linked because that's what I could find on YouTube. Also, I thought that this was a good one because they're creating – well – I'll get to this in a second. They're recreating Baby One More Time. So what they would do is you would go, you'd be like in a hallway or something if you're the person. And MTV would show up and be like, you're going to be becoming Britney Spears. And they'd be like, ah. And then they'd spend the whole episode. They'd do your hair. So like in this episode, they dye her hair blonde. Um they would you'd get a stylist and you'd try on all of the different outfits and they'd get like fitted to you you'd get like um your makeup done you'd practice all of the choreography for the dancing with like very often the actual choreographers that had worked with the artist so not always but like in this one the guy who teaches her the choreographer was if not the choreographer for baby one more time one of britney spears's dancers at one point um and But then it was also, like, just, like, they're treating you like you're Britney Spears, like, like you're a celebrity. So, like, you get it taken everywhere in a limo. You, I remember, like, a big thing was they'd take you to the hotel room, like, the person, and it would be, like, look at all these gifts. Like, there's a gift basket with, like, expensive jeans and, like, and then your friends get to eat dinner with you. Uh, you'd get, like, a massage and they'd be, like wow, this is so, like, half of the the show is just them being like, oh my god, this is so amazing, I can't believe this is happening. And then the second day, you'd actually shoot um, the music video. And the Britney Spears one that I have for Baby One Time that I have linked, um, it is 
shot for shot recreated. Um, but not all of them were because a lot of them were like too technically tricky. And so they'd, you know what I mean? Like they'd have to like yeah. sort of make it close, but not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And I ate this shit up, Will. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks entertaining. It was I, I, definitely- I feel like I've never heard uh, people like talk about this show. You you heard or you've never No, heard. I feel like I have I feel like this okay. is mostly forgotten. And maybe that's just me being me and never really having an interest in MTV, but No, I think it is mostly forgotten because like I said, there's barely it's like barely on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. They like I can't find a list of episodes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you um, go. Um The two things I also wanted to bring up was I always remember watching this and the people would be so weird um, that were, like, doing this becoming thing. So, like, I remember the one where they did Pink's uh, There You Go. Um, they had to, you know, Pink has a bunch of tattoos. Mm. So they had to, like, put, um, like, fake tattoo, like, se- fake semi-permanent tattoos on. Right. And I remember it being, like, the end of the day. And she was like, uh, I'm all tatted up, got my fresh ink, and I think I'm ready go to bed and get ready for shooting tomorrow. And I was like, even as like a, you know, 13 uh, year old, I was like, tat it up. I thought, uh, I, thought she, I thought she was going to rhyme ink with pink. When you, when you, <laughs> when you went from tatted up to also saying ink, I was like, oh, okay, why would you say both? Unless this is a setup for a rhyme. No, it was just like, it was like, you know, when people try to sound cool and they don't use the words, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other funny thing that happens in these episodes, which happens multiple times, is the person will say, like, I really feel like I'm starting to become Britney yeah. Spears. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, the thing the producer told them to say word for word so that they could put it in the commercial. Like six times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I that that was I mean, I nearly forgot about it. I'm sure it's lost to history. But um, that was, I think, another I think that sort of speaks to the. I know I had referred to that time period as sort of the golden age of music videos. And I think that that speaks to it in the sense that it's not just that there were music videos. There were music vi- – there were shows about people recreating music videos that – like, we don't need to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't need to have a shittier version of a music video. <laughs> yeah. Also, the uh, ver- the version that I'm watching on YouTube that you have on your playlist, it, it, it appears to have built-in French subtitles. I mean, that's what I mean. That's why I think it's like this is how bottom of the barrel we are right. in terms of how we have access to the show at this point. Yeah. Makes <laughs> me wonder if this was as it aired in France or maybe as it aired in Quebec. <laughs> yes, it was the French-Canadian uh becoming mtv quebecois becoming britney spears (laughs) um so yeah so those are my sort of like introductory music video things that i wanted to talk about next we have an update update this is to the bad cgi uh category ah yes so if you'll remember, um, the bad CGI category before had bands uh, or had music videos in it like uh, Linkin Park and um, Evanescence. And then the most recent one um, I had was Magical Miracles. 
<laughs> by Insane Clown Posse. Sure, yes, yes. Which you were delighted to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, Ma- magnets, time. how do they work? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that bad CGI is having a little bit of a renaissance. Uh, yeah. Well, it makes sense. 20-year cycles, right? 20-year cycles. And I also think that um, in like 2003, let's say, it was really, um, you know, that was like high production value. Yeah. And I think that the cost of it has gotten down so low. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, one of the one of the videos is by one of the most popular artists right now, which is Lil Nas X. <laughs> uh-huh. But Montero, his music video for Montero, um, is – he plays – him like, it's like a million versions of him being himself. Like, the only character that isn't him is the devil that he gives a lap dance to. Um, but it's that – it's, like, all CGI. It's, like, very glossy CGI. Like, at one point, he goes down a stripper pole that's, like, te- like a stripper pole down to hell. And it's just, like, that sort of, like, tube CGI where, you know, it's, like, the person's supposed to be falling. But because they're falling such an impossible link, it, like, looks so fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Slumber Party by Ash Nico. This was a song. This, is, this song is racy, let me just say. And this song... Um, was really famous because a clip of it was like used over and over again on TikTok. Okay. Um, and this song doesn't have full CGI in the same way that Montero does, but it starts with CGI. And I mm. think that that's something that I've been noting with noticing with music videos is having sort of like a weird opening where there's sort of like a, almost like a, it almost feels like a video game where there's like a spinning some like medallion or medallion type thing in like a void. Mm. Um, and then it goes into like the rest of the music video. Um, as a note, this song, she played this song on some late night show at some point, and it was, like, I want to say, like, 50% of the lyrics she had to change Mm -hmm. for it to be on TV, because it's, like, so, it's, like, so racy. Though I will say, some of the lyrics they changed, I was like, you didn't need to change that one, but okay. That's funny. This is what um, uh, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> that's As, right. That's what you hear when you watch The Big Lebowski on basic cable. Which is, of course, why that's why that's the name of Phoebe Bridger's album. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had that idea. Um, to name I, your album Stranger in the Alps. I, I, I wrote a story in grad school and I, I called it that. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Pre Phoebe Bridgers. I think I used like the whole line. I think I I, I think that it was a long title, and it was like, "This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps." Will, that's amazing. If mm-hmm. you ever meet Phoebe Bridgers, you have to tell her. Okay. Um, if you meet Phoebe Bridgers, by the way, and I'm not there, I will be mad at you. Yeah, of course. Um, that <laughs> completely logically, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, goes without saying. Another update um, is this what I called like music videos that change your spatial understanding. And this is a not actually a music video, but I it was close enough that I wanted to bring it up, which is that when Billie Eilish performed Bad Guy on SNL, she performed it in one of the boxes that can turn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
And they had the camera, of course, set up so that it the camera is also turning. But as you and I, as viewers, we're just seeing it seem like she's suddenly on the wall and on the right. ceiling and stuff like that. Yeah, the old um, the old break into electric boogaloo trick. Yeah, um, and I thought it was bring. I thought it was worth bringing up because, uh, and I know that you don't like SNL, but SNL like very famously has like pretty shitty like they have musical performances they have really shitty audio um balancing like sure. they're they're not produced well they always sound like really bad yeah and which i don't understand why like i don't understand why nobody can fix this <laughs> yeah no but, but also, I, i'm looking at this right now and i i get like oh i i've seen a few people do this before Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen anyone do it on live television before. So that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really neat novelty. Yeah, and I think I think it's also besides the fact that I've never seen anybody do it on live television, I also have never seen anybody do something like this on SNL. Occasionally, they will have different. I mean, they have different backgrounds and stuff, and occasionally they do have something sort of weird, like I vaguely. Halsey- I vaguely remember an episode of SNL where Tenacious D was the musical cast. And uh-huh. I I vaguely remember they did stuff with like costumes and probably like props. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Halsey did one where she was singing and painting a giant portrait on the floor. So the whole thing was shot from above mm. and she had like a giant canvas or piece of paper um, but even that I remember thinking, and so she, which was also, which was just sort of absurd to watch because she was like actively singing the song as she's like throwing her body around to try to paint really quickly. Cause you know, she only has like three minutes or whatever, three and a half minutes. Right. Um, so occasionally there's like something weird, but this is definitely like a whole, I mean, it's a whole giant setup that they used one time. Um, so yeah, I thought that was bringing up, worth bringing up. Yeah. I will say it does look a little bit claustrophobic. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, you say it's giant, but, like, I don't think I could stand up <laughs> inside the set that she's in. Well, I think the set itself, I mean, when I say it's giant, the set itself, the the box itself is a lot smaller than what I'm referring to, which is the whole rigging. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sure. I'm just saying giant is slight, slightly <laughs> overblown. Okay, I okay. Um, and then... This is the next category, except, and it's sort of, um, it's sort of. Also, just before we move on, can I just acknowledge that I'm, I, I think in recent years, the internet has discovered it's, uh, really fun to acknowledge, uh, those tiny interstitial moments on SNL when the host introduces the musical guest. And so yes. I, I just didn't want to let this go by without acknowledging that Woody Harrelson <laughs> introduces that Billie Eilish performance. The way that he does it too is he's in like a really weird spot because they didn't want to give away what was on the stage. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, until later when they, of course, pull back and you yeah. see. It's a little different than the usual transition into the performance. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this category is, we had a category in the last one, which were artists remaking their own music videos. Mm-hmm. And we talked about um, Amy Mann uh, one slash- of, One of the great music videos, yeah. Yes. 
What what was that band she was in that she was technically Till Tuesday. Till Tuesday. So she's, you know, it's an Amy Mann redoing it till 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 Tuesday and of course Blink 182. Vo- um, uh, Voices Carry was the Till Tuesday song and yes. Labrador was the Amy Mann song. And then Blink 182 did their running naked video twice. Mm-hmm. Um but with women the second time right. because they're feminists now. That's right. <laughs> These are not people redoing their own music videos um but they are people that are sort of doing covers or interpolations of music videos that are by other artists so the first one that i have on this list is interpretations um, or no interpolations okay do you know what an interpolation is i guess i don't because i would never use that word probably So, and well, let me get the actual definition. An interpolation is when you have something. So this this defines it as an insertion of something of a different nature into something else, which is a terrible definition. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But the way that I um, hear it used a lot with music is when you have, um, here, I can give you an example that this will be coming up later. Um, Have you heard the new Miley Cyrus song, Flowers? No. So she uses lyrics in that song, which are an interpolation of lyrics from songs by uh, by a song by Bruno Mars, um, where he says like something like "I can buy you flowers, um, I can write our names in the sand," and she sings "I can buy myself flowers, I can write my name my own name in the sand." Um, so it's an interpolation because it is taking something that exists and it's not exactly the same, but it's very clearly, there's a very clear line between them. And Mm -hmm. this can also happen in music, the music itself, not just the lyrics, where if you ever hear not some, if you ever hear a song that is like referencing another song, but it's not exactly sampling it and you know, there, the melody is not exactly the same. Yeah. That's an interpolation. Sort of like a reinterpretation. Sort of, but it's not always. There's something more. My point is these are just two similar words that basically mean the same thing to me, even if they technically mean different things. Sure. Um, So I sent you, do you have that um, document I sent you up? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is Yellow by Tegan and Sarah. And... Mm -hmm. If you want to, I have a tweet if you want to open that up to look oh, at while yeah. I'm talking about Yellow. Sure. Um, they wrote this song. It's on their new album. And it is not at all the song Yellow by Coldplay. But they knew that when they named it Yellow, that everybody thought it was going to be like a cover of the Coldplay song. Mm-hmm. So they very specifically filmed a video where they're walking along the beach singing this song um as an homage to the Coldplay music video (laughs) okay yeah i see yeah um which i think is funny now their Mm -hmm. video does their own thing because they also recorded it so that they had to sing it whoever is the main singer i can never I, i still can't tell them apart well fair i can't figure out which is which unless i'm looking at them tegan used to have a lip uh, like a lip ring under her chin like under her lip on her chin mm-hmm. and so if i can see their faces close enough yeah she's got a little scar and that's how i know it's tegan yeah um 
But the person, the one of them, two of them that's singing, um, when she's singing the verses, she actually sang it like I think at twice, two times or three times speed. And so in the music video, it looks like she's going like really fast. And then when they get to the chorus, the other one is singing at normal speed. Um, and so they they also did it in one shot. And so they had to redo it a bunch of times because a bunch of times they kept like uh, either just screwing up the lyrics or running into each other. And they had – I forget how many takes they did, but they had to do a bunch of takes. And they only had a certain amount of time because of like the weather and where the sun was. Sure. And honestly, I think their video is better than the Coldplay one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Because hmm. they do more cool things with the way that – like with the way that things speed up and slow down. Mm-hmm. It's way more interesting. Sure. Also, I don't like Coldplay. And then mm-hmm. the next one is the song Get Into It by Doja Cat. And this one, it's not a stretch per se. I mean, I mean it's not it's not a cover per se because it's not the whole music video. But when I was watching it, um, there are really specific shots that look exactly like um, shots from No Scrubs by TLC. Uh-huh. And that's why I have that tweet. So if you want to look, I have the tweet also linked in the show notes. But um, she's in this very futuristic looking white outfit with um, white gloves and her hair is dyed pink. And um, she looks almost exactly the same as Chili um, when she's doing her – I think she's rapping. Or no, she's not rapping at this point. In No Scrubs where there's this like really specific – high overhead shot and then there's also a really specific like very down low shot where you can see her whole body and her head is like very small and far away because of the perspective and this was one of those things where i when i saw this i was like man my brain has this information in it mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fa- i saw it and i was like oh this is just like no scrubs by tlc like the fact that my brain immediately put those things together um i was very pleased by yeah oh we have one more update and this is where Flowers by Miley Cyrus comes in. One more update. <laughs> so one of my favorite categories was music videos as revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, Hello Back Girl by Gwen Stefani in that category before. And we also had um, that Tanuk Tanuk song by that Indian artist. Mm-hmm. And I have two songs in this update, one of which uh, – one might Sarah doesn't agree with me is a, is a revenge song, but I'm putting it on, and another one of which is um, "Flowers" by Miley Cyrus, which is very clearly a revenge music video. So the one that Sarah doesn't agree with me on um, is "Lavender Haze" by Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and this is hot off the presses. Will oh boy, this music video dropped two nights ago. Wow. And the, and I'm going to lay out the reasons why I think it is a revenge music video. So the Lavender Haze music video um, is from, of course, Taylor Swift's album Midnight's. And it includes um, a trans man actor as the, like, love pro- the love protagonist. The, the love... Interest. Interest, thank you, um, to Taylor Swift. And there's also a lot of queer people as, like, background people in the music video. <laughs> and she teased this... Three months ago. Well, this is important. <laughs> the okay. reason this is important is because when Lavender Haze came out, the song, Lavender Haze, it's like, that's like a, a sort of iconography and terminology that's uh, around lesbians, right? Hmm. And 
So everyone was like, you know, all the people that are like Taylor Swift is bisexual, which I fully believe that Taylor Swift is bisexual, is like, because specifically because she dyed her hair the bisexual flag colors in a music video. And I feel like that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> sure. Um, A flag, one might say. And... <laughs> And, then, and, and not and not a false one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so um, when this song came out, she was like, oh, I heard this term on Mad Men. It's just about like, you know, not wanting the sort of like honeymoon period of a relationship to end. And everyone was like, what? And so who's to say what she actually meant or what she's doing in terms of that? But the fact that this music video, which many people sort of read as being – this song, which many people sort of interpreted as being queer, now has a very queer music video, um, I think is worth mentioning. But she teased this music video three months ago. Usually when you get a teaser for a music video, it's like at most a month out, right? Um, but three months ago – I mean, she's had other music videos come out since then. So it was very weird that this music video hadn't come out yet. Um, and the reason that I've seen people argue and why I'm counting it as a revenge music video, even though Sarah disagrees, is because, um, the music video ends up getting released on the 26th. And what else happened on the 26th? That was the day John Mayer announced his new tour. Mm. And as we know, I'm sure you're very aware of this, mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Swift and John Mayer had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why she has the song Dear John. Um, and there's more speculation about her relationship with John Mayer because of Midnight's, because she has another song um, called, oh God, which is the one that's about him? Uh, I regret you all the time. What are the, what is the, oh, it's the song Should Have, Would Have, Could Have. Mm. And that song is also very clearly about her relationship with John Mayer. Um and so Sarah doesn't think it's a revenge song because she was like, well, if it was like shoulda, woulda, coulda, which is very much clearly about her bad relationship with John Mayer, then she would have believed it. She just thinks it's just sort of a coincidence. Um, but I fully believe that she was trying to sort of like take interest away from him on the day of his tour. Mm -hmm. um, to quote Beyonce, the best revenge is your paper. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one. The second music video as revenge is Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Do you know? Have you heard anything about this? No, I don't think so. Okay. So Miley Cyrus has this new song out called Flowers, which, by the way, do you know that that was not her name when she was born? Uh, I don't recall. Her name was Destiny Hope Cyrus. Hmm. Don't think I've heard that before. I did not know this. I only found this because I was looking her up on Wikipedia. Kenny Kenny was like, oh, I knew that. So mm. I don't. it's not like a big secret or anything. And I guess they named her that because she was like pretty sick when she was born. Mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they were like hopeful that she would live. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when she was a baby, she was so such a happy Was she, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Was she born with an achy, breaky heart? <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I forget what her sickness was, but oh my god, if it was heart-related, that would be really funny. Um, and I can say it's funny because my child was a heart laugh. defect. Yeah. You're the main person who's allowed to laugh at that. Yeah. But she was such a happy baby that they nicknamed her Smiley, and then it just got shortened to Miley, and then she mm. legally changed her name in 2008. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Mm, a little bit. I think it's especially weird because Miley is like a normal name. Yeah. So the fact that she had like a nickname that wasn't, she just basically ended up with a normal name that mm-hmm. just wasn't the name. Mm-hmm. So as you know, I'm sure, she was with Liam Hemsworth on and off for many years. Oh, not Neeson? No. You hesitated after Liam and so <laughs> thought maybe she was no. with Liam Neeson. No, a very age appropriate person. So they had been like together on and off. They were engaged. They broke off their engagement. Then they got, they reconciled. They got picked up back together and then they were married for two years. And then he cheated on her. And so they broke up again. Um, and I've seen her say in interviews that, so Wrecking Ball is about Liam Hemsworth. Um, I've heard her say in an interview that um, Liam Hemsworth is the only person, the only real relationship she's ever been in. Um, and so she has the song called Flowers come out, which, like I was saying, is this interpolation of um, the Bruno Mars song. Now, wh- where does Bruno Mars come into this? Um, apparently, that song was the song that they, like, danced to or that he played for her on their wedding. And then in the actual music video, in terms of music v- videos as revenge, um, she's wearing a dress for part of the music video that a lot of people – point to as being a dress that either Jennifer uh who's the Jennifer that is in the Hunger Games Lawrence (laughs) Lawrence I always want to I always want to call her Jennifer Garner and I know that's wrong has anyone dropped harder out of public consciousness (laughs) I know well and then she was in what was the one thing she was in don't look up the movie you hate Mm -hmm. but (laughs) Uh, she's in another thing, which I am not surprised you haven't heard of. Oh, what is it? It's called Causeway, and we will have a completely different reason for talking about it in our Oscars episode. A completely different? I thought you were going to say a completely different reason for hating it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. Um, but I guess there was room. She, there was a dress that she was wearing, and there was somebody else that was very similar to this dress that um she's wearing at the beginning of this music video so people are thinking maybe that's sort of a like reclamation you know that's part of the revenge but then also um she's dancing around in this oversized suit at one point and let me make sure i get this completely right from sarah uh because she was the one who updated me on this when i told her the lavender haze thing in this oversized suit that is the suit that liam hemsworth was wearing um, when they were together on the red carpet and this time that they were together on the red carpet, you can see him say to her, can't you just behave for once? Mm-hmm. And so she's like in the suit that he was wearing when he like scolded her on the red carpet in front of everybody. You said oversized suit. I, I, w- I was hoping it would be the oversized suit David Byrne wore and <laughs> stop making sense. That's... <laughs> That's the only suit I've seen that I would call oversized. but Yeah, I think it's oversized because um, he's an adult man and she's a tiny little lady. Yes, I see what you mean now, yeah. So that is a very, this is also a song that only very recently came out. So a very recent and good good thing that I waited this long. Breaking news, episode. yeah. Mm-hmm. Breaking news, revenge music video. And song, 
But I think that this is interesting specifically because the song is absolutely a revenge song, but the music video is also using all of this very specific imagery to to be revengeful, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Okay. This is so, some this is some don't worry darling shit to me. <laughs> this sounds like don't worry darling shit. My god, what a I did did you watch that movie? In theaters, yeah. Yeah. Well, one For, theater. <laughs> You're like I saw it like four times. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh that would be something else, yeah. Can you imagine if you were like, I'm a, I'm just a real big don't worry darling stan. I wanted to like it because I liked Booksmart. I liked Frances Pugh a lot in it. Not her name, but yeah. Oh, Florence. <laughs> Sarah constantly is just like, Florence, Florence. <laughs> what Flo- point Flo- I tweeted? Florence Pugh, Frances Ha. There we go. What I tweet like Just I to, the, the mnemonic you can remember is that if if you say Francis, I will say ha because I oh, will laugh that at will you help me actually. for saying the wrong name. It got. I knew that Sarah was mad at me when she was correcting me on Twitter. <laughs> when I say Francis, like, you say ha, Francis. <laughs> because like she would, she would normally like say say that to me privately so as not to embarrass me. Uh yeah yeah. Um, not that I was embarrassed, but. Okay, so I know that I brought this up, though I did add an extra one um, on a preview. I know this is one of the ones I brought up already. But this, like, genre of music videos where there's, like, some weird, like, military undertones. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I'm looking at the next video on the list, and I, I don't think you want to use the word undertones <laughs> in this context. <laughs> um, so... They're not always undertones. And These they're, are overtones. And I, some of them are overtones. But I swear to God that there is more music videos like the Ghost like Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance um, where it just takes place on D-Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I, for the life of me, cannot find them. Though I, I just feel like they exist. Sure. Ghost of You... Um, is like the most expensive music video My Chemical Romance has ever made. They said it cost like a million dollars or something. Oh, cool. Well, at least it's incredibly tasteless as well. <laughs> and it goes between um, them being like a... Uh, what are those bands called? Are you talking about USO performers? Yes. Being like USO performers and then... Um, like being with like ladies for the last time and then like being on the shore on D-Day. Um, and I swear to God, there are other music videos that very specifically take place on D-Day and I, but I can't actually find them. So maybe they don't exist. And also I bring this up as military related and I bring up these ones specifically because I think that there are actually a lot of music videos that are related to armed forces in the genre of country and part of the reason these are particularly weird is because it's like not it's not like patriotic songs. It's like like why did My Chemical Romance do this music video? It's so out of pocket compared to everything else that they've ever done. I think there could only be one reason and I don't know if the timing lines up, but you have to tell me that it does or else this is inexpl- inexplicable. Uh-huh. And the reason is the movie Saving Private Ryan. 
No. I think this was way after Saving Private Ryan. Well, as long as it's after, then... Yes, it was definitely after. It was, yeah. I mean, it doesn't doesn't have to be right after to be the explanation. That movie came out in 98. And I feel like this music video was originally from, like, 2005. The, The next one that I have while I'm looking up Ghost of You by My Computer Romance is Part of Me by Katy Perry. Mm hmm. Um, they sound like they're a pair. Based yeah, on I know. They, isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, this came out on August 29th, 2005, the music video. Yeah. The album itself came out in 2003, but. Yeah. It, it also, it, it, regardless of how, how many years had passed, like, well, it doesn't exist without um, Saving Private Ryan. Like they're yeah, as like an influences. They're doing they well. They're doing like, like a recreation of it, like the parts of it that are supposed to be Normandy. I guess I also haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that sticks with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I'm looking at the Katy Perry music video now, and it appears to me that. This music video, I guess, doesn't exist without the movie G.I. Jane uh, coming first. Oh, probably, yeah. And this one is also weird because she never actually goes to war. She's just in, like, training camp. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the conceit of this music video is, like, my boyfriend broke up with me, so I'll join the army. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the next two I put in this category because they're... It's this it's this weird militarization. And this is why I say military related for this category, even though obviously the first two are like explicit. Um, is now by Paramore, which is a music video where there's like some sort of protest or riot happening. And there's like first off, H- Haley Williams has just the worst haircut she's ever had in her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um I remember seeing this music video and thinking, what the hell is happening? (laughs) But they're like in a field and it's very foggy and there's like a man with a grenade and like one of those scary war berets. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing is them like running through like this like war scene, but they're like protesters or something and they're riot police, but it, there may be also in the army. It's very confusing. Yeah. Um, which I also guess I should say that almost all of these music videos are really confusing as to why they picked this. They might. I, I might actually theme. have something for this category. Really? Yeah. I usually don't. <laughs> um, uh, well, let me go over the last one and then mm-hmm. you can add it in. The last yeah. one is only one by Yellow Card. And this was one that I thought of actually last night, which is funny. This was a song that I – I mean, I don't dislike this song now. But this was a song that I really liked when I was 13. Sure. Um, and this song is funny because it's like – the lyric is – the lyrics are about like how you're the only – like it's like here I go, scream my lungs out and try to get to you. You are my only one. Like it's like, you know, I'm so in love with you, right? Like you're the only person for me. It's – confusingly starts with people uh, and there seems to be like some tables and tents set up um, and I say that's confusing because it seems like people are like getting signs and they're like going and then they're like straight up against a bunch of dudes holding guns <laughs> and it's like a protest of some sort Yeah. and at one point they like stick a flower in the barrel of a gun which was like a really famous image from a protest 
And again, it's very confusing. Why did you pick this? It's also like this is very pre clearly protests have been happening for a long time, but this was pre the sort of like there weren't protests happening like this in when this song came out in like 2003 or 2002. Yeah. So yes, what's your contribution? Uh, it's uh, this won't surprise you. It's a Decemberists music video. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's for their it's for the song. This is why we fight. Oh, I mean that at least sounds like it's thematically. Yeah, um, I'm I'm looking at it again now to refresh my memory. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but I'm I'm trying to think of what movie to compare it to. Um, might take me a minute to come up with it if I ever come up with it. But first of all, something that's kind of odd about this video compared to other Decemberist music videos is that mostly the Decemberists are in their music videos. Mm -hmm. And this one stands out as being something completely different than that, unless they show up in here and I don't remember it, but I don't. Well, this is like a mixture between Les Mis and Moonrise Kingdom. So it's obviously a lot of what they do is Wes Anderson inspired. And I think we must have talked about that in the previous music videos episode. I'm mm-hmm. sure I talked about the video for the December song, 16 Military Wives, where they are just cosplaying Rushmore. Yeah. Um, but this video is more like um, I'm scanning it with YouTube. I'm see- I'm confirming that they're not in it. It's it's kids ranging from like pretty little to teenagers mm-hmm. and they're all dirty and it looks sort of vaguely post-apocalyptic. So it's like a little bit Mad Max, a little bit Beasts of the Southern Wild, a, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, Where the Wild Things Are, the movie version. Um. A little bit, um, oh, it was just in my head and I lost it. Keep going. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't think I will keep going, but, but thank <laughs> you very much. No, it, it, this, this, this video is not American military, uh, it's not borrowing the iconography. Hook. Hook. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that is a good example. Yeah. Uh, that was it, what I had in my head. No, no, that's 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 a really good comparison. Yeah, it is really hook like, but it, but through a very modern uh, cinematic lens, mm-hmm. um, because it yeah it looks like the cinematography not of hook but of like uh, uh, an indie movie of the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great example of this. Uh, yeah, so it's not it's not borrowing the iconography of a war movie like Saving Private Ryan or you know, Base Camp American Military like that Katy Perry video, but it it but they I'm looking at it that you know, they've got helmets on, they've got some some you know, pads and and uh you know, it's clearly just like it's supposed to be like cobbled together. It's supposed to be like factions of kids who are at war. Yeah. You know, ostensibly. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Lord of the Flies. Like it's all, it's a world without adults and, you know, factions are ruled just like by the biggest, oldest kids and they're at war with each other. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's, yeah, military by way of the Decemberists. But it's also, what I admire about it is that it's not as twee as it sounds like it would be on paper. Yes, like it's I like, agree. Oh, they, it, these people are at war with each other, but they're kids. And so, <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not cute twee. It's, it's uh, aspiring to like a, like a Spike Jones movie or something. Uh, thank you for contributing that. I always love how when I do this, I always end up adding more and more things to it. Oh no, I've just I've just moved on to the next video in the playlist. Okay, so this is a this is like a category that um, I think probably has a lot of different iterations based on um, the time period. Um, but I'm specifically looking at these people with this like very stylized um, hair. But basically, there was a time period in like the mid aughts where um, there were these like pop punk bands that were um, making music videos. But of course, they got tired of um, making music videos that were just them playing their songs or whatever. <laughs> And so they instead um, started putting themselves into other places and other genres um, so that they could be more like have my, more diverse music videos, except all of them had these very specific haircuts. Okay. <laughs> and so you have these hilarious looking people in these like highly stylized music videos um, that just look like they're putting on costumes, if that makes sense. Like that day they're putting on costumes um, for like a costume party instead of it being like a really streamlined aesthetic throughout the whole music video. Um, so the first one I have on here is I Rate Sins Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco. Rest in peace, Panic at the Disco. Brandon, Brendan Urie broke up with himself this week. Did you hear about this too? No, I didn't. So Panic at the Disco at this point in time is just Brendan Urie. Okay. Um, he's the lead singer. Um, it's but like basically like enough people had dropped out of the band over time that instead of it being, you know, any of the original members, it wasn't even like his backing band like weren't even considered members. It was like just Brendan Urie was Panic at the Disco. Sure. So he had posted that like after this tour, he's like basically ending Panic at the Disco, and there were a lot of really good jokes about how. Um, Brendan Urie was breaking up with himself. <laughs> sure, yeah. It would be a picture of like somebody looking at themselves in the mirror saying the band is breaking up. Mm -hmm. But this music video is supposed to take place at this like circus wedding, right? Where like half of the people are normies and half of the people are these like clowns. Yeah. And um, or like half of them are circus freaks and half of them are clowns. But as you can see from the screenshot that I sent you, like they just all have this really specific like swoopy hair with like right. the one like highlight in the front. So so I, I, I want to acknowledge something that I see in this music video that I can sense that you are probably not going to bring up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So this is uh, mid aughts, right? Oh, yeah. So. I feel like what you are identifying is in this uh, category, you are talking about a particular style, which is really specific to the mid aughts. Yes. That whatever they were doing, they couldn't help but look like this because it was the mid aughts. Yes. And what I want to point out 
is that the movie A Clockwork Orange is from 1971. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't look like this without that movie from oh yes absolutely yes like like what when i when i the moment i saw that panic at the disco video start i was like oh boy we're gonna talk about kubrick homages (laughs) like that's (laughs) sorry no (laughs) (laughs) yeah panic at the disco as a note is like they were kind of a people don't i don't know if people remember this as much because they've just been so popular um but they were um there was a lot of controversy about them when they started because when they had originally started they released like a five song ep which if i'm remembering correctly ended up essentially being half of their first album if that makes sense mm-hmm. and they had they were very quickly because of myspace becoming very popular and they also um you know they were like discovered quote unquote by Pete Wentz Pete Wentz, um, a fallout boy, he's, you know, really good friends with Brendan Urie and still is. That's also how people <laughs> found out that Brendan Urie's wife was pregnant um, because very recently Pete Wentz posted some video of him, like, baking cookies in his kitchen. And it wasn't on the fridge, but it was, like, a, it wasn't on the fridge. It was on, like, a cabinet. But it's, you know how you put, like, pictures up on your fridge? People, like, just noticed in the background this picture of Brendan Urie and his wife, and it's from the side. So you can see she, she's pregnant, and that's how everyone figured out that she was pregnant. <laughs> Mm. I find this highly amusing. Um, But they were really criticized when they first came out because they were super popular and they had, like, not played a show yet. Oh, yeah. Uh So it was, like, a really weird thing. And, you know, this is, like, I feel like something that would actually happen way more likely now because with the internet being the way it is, you could ostensibly – I mean, Roof Beams did this. They wrote and recorded an entire album with very few of those people ever being in the same room with each other. Nobody seemed to mind it when the Postal Service did it. Maybe because they put it in their name. Oh, is that why? Is the, that why the, the, postal the Postal Service is called the Postal Service because they were mailing, uh, like tapes to each other. Oh shit! To make songs, I didn't know that. I don't know I if it was that, tapes, but I'm sure they were using the mail. I feel like people didn't mind it when it was the Postal Service because they were already established musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And so there was a lot of criticism, like, well, how can we, like, are these songs actually good? Like, can these people actually perform live? You know, there was a lot of sort of, like, street cred conversations happening. Um, Oh, side note, uh, did I tell you I'm going to be seeing the Postal Service? No, I don't think so. I got tickets to the Death Cab Transatlanticism Postal Service tour Mm. um, in September. So we're, and it's at... uh, um, Meriwether Post Pavilion. So it's like a lawn show. So we're taking Elliot with us. That's pretty cool. Is that exciting? Yeah. I never, that album, when I started listening, that album came out in 2003. And so when I first heard it, it was 2005. And it was like, oh, I I, I sort of thought, I'm never going to see, you know, this doesn't exist anymore. Like, I'm never going to mm-hmm. get to see this. So that yeah. I was like, as much as I, I'm like, they're not my favorite thing ever, but it just felt like, oh, I didn't think this was ever going to happen. 20-year cycles. It's true. It's true what they say. <laughs> well, this is the 20. I, yeah, it's the 20th anniversary. That's why. <laughs> 2003 is back. Yeah. Yes. Um. So anyway, that's my little spiel on Panic at the Disco. The next one is Jamie Oliver by Mayday Parade. This is very. This is a very funny music video because they're all supposed to be like high rolling gamblers and like a casino, mm-hmm. but all of the people in the casino, like it's so clearly just all of their peers. 
Uh-huh. Like, the people who are being waitresses or whatever, like, are not actually... Like, they could have hired actual actresses. <laughs> Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Um, I, this one came up initially in the first uh, one in terms of heists, if you'll remember. Yeah, I vaguely remember. I'm looking at the video now and I'm thinking, okay, I guess this exists because of the Fast and the Furious. Oh, no, I don't think so. Well, it looks an awful lot like it to me. Not the way they're dressed, though. They're dre- They're supposed to- But the this cars- is- uh, I really don't think so. I feel there none of them are like the the it was it no. <laughs> it's just not. Um but yeah, they're all supposed to be in this is another one that's supposed to be like a mini movie or whatever and so they're all in these like costumes but like they just have all they all have this hair and the girl specifically has this like haircut and these like this like lip gloss on. She has this like really specific like lip gloss. That was very specific to the early aughts that, like, nobody wears lip gloss like that anymore. It's more than just the muscle cars, by the way. There are, there are some of the costumes are saying Fast and the Furious to me, but also maybe it's kind of giving me, like, Danny Boyle, like, train spotting. Although mm. I I admit that on blank check, they just started covering Danny Boyle, and so... <laughs> Um, it's in your uh, head. That's that's a bias in my head, yeah. The last one I can't really fault. Um, it's another My Chemical Romance song. It's uh Helena, which is probably you know, one of their best songs. It's beloved. And in the music video for that, um they actually invited a bunch of people from their fan club to fill this church out so that um it would be fully filled with people for when they were recording. Because the the music video takes place at like a funeral. It's actually a song about his grandmother dying, their grandmother dying, because his brother's in the band too. Um, and but it is funny because when you see everybody dressed in black, like they are again, they just all look like scene kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's only five members of the band at the end when they were pallbearing the coffin out to the hearse, um, the sixth person that's a pallbearer was actually like the president of their fan club at the sure. time. Yeah. Which I think is really sweet. I mm-hmm. think this whole music video is very sweet. I really like this music video. Yeah. Um, but it is funny when you see everybody in the crowd to know like, oh, yeah, they all look exactly like that because they were literally just people who were fans of My Chemical Romance. I, I don't hate that. I got to admit. Um, there, it, The other funny thing about that music video is they were actually carrying like a real casket. But mm-hmm. one of the – and so it's really fucking heavy, right? And the one um, guy, I forget which one in, in My Chemical Romance, is really short. Hmm. And so he has said, oh, I would – like, none of that weight was actually on my shoulder. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> he was so much shorter than everybody else. He was like, I was not contributing right. to carrying that casket. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and then next we have a category that has some crossover from other – at least one other um, – category that we've done before um which are cartoon music videos fully animated fully animated um no no need for the band to be there at all indeed (laughs) um and the first one i put on there is one that you should be familiar with indeed i am yes it's uh my favorite ninja sex party uh saw uh, a animated music video which is the one for first date so okay so let me let me 
clarify that. Let me make sure I understand what you said. Yeah. It's your favorite animated NSP music video. Yes. Which which is a distinction from it's not necessarily your favorite NSP video. Yeah, and I'm not totally sure what my favorite NSP music video is. I thought we were going to talk about this because obviously I said I glanced over the list. Obviously, this is the thing that caught my attention the most. Yes. It got me thinking about their videos and it got me thinking about the question. If you asked me, what are my favorite NSP songs? And you also asked me, what are my favorite NSP videos? Would there be any difference between the two? Oh, that's good. Um, and uh, the, the thing is that I, I, I'm just prone to, like, I can easily tell you what my top five of their songs are, mm-hmm. but it's purely based on, I think the lyrics are funny and the music is catchy. It's not about the content of the video. It doesn't yeah. really make a difference. Um, and I would have to spend more time like studying their catalog to give you a good example of like, oh, I really like this video in spite of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that, so the reason I think this is my, so there's two things to say. Ninja Sex Party has also re-released some songs with updated animated music videos because Mm -hmm. some of their, I think because some of their earlier music videos were just like, so sort of thrown together. Yeah. Um, Which is great, by the way. Yeah. I think it's a great choice that they, they did. Well, I I mean, no, no, I, yes. What they've done with re, what's the word? Not, I mean, remaking. Yeah. Sort of, but like re. um, Imagining updating improving yeah um they've done like a special edition of several of their songs and that's great but what i meant was it's great watching their old videos that were done so cheaply mm-hmm. when they were just amateurs and a lot of a lot of what they put out is is made more charming by how janky it is yes yes and it has been fun to watch the trajectory of them being amateurs doing janky cheap stuff to making some stuff that looks really well produced. Yeah. I kind of prefer the janky stuff. I think I do too. Um, For the most part, I think I'm trying to think. So what are your like favorite Ninja Sex Party songs? My favorite is Why I Cry. That one's very good. My second favorite is Road Trip. Uh-huh. And then... Um, well, you put me on the spot because I said I could so easily name the top five. And so now <laughs> I set myself up to be embarrassed by not being able to do it that easily. Yeah. Um, party, uh, party of Three gets stuck in my head a lot. And mm-hmm. so it might be one of my favorites. Um, Dinosaur Laser Fight is like the ultimate classic. Yeah, that one's very good. Um, and then, um, like 6969 kind of has like an honorary spot, uh, for being a successful, extremely long epic. Yeah. Um, but, uh, at at least one more is going to pop into my head that I'm not thinking of right now. And I'll 
tell you when it does. Yeah, I think that um Oh, I think, um I really like Heart Boner. I really like Heart Boner too. Yeah, I think that's in my top five. And that one is one that mixes animation. The music video for that mixes animation and live action, I think, really well. Mm-hmm. Um I think for me, the reason that I like the animated um version of First Date so much is because that song does really classic um comedy escalation Mm -hmm. and i think that it you it it, because there just ends up being murders Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like um you know it starts with like sort of more petty crime to like grand larceny to murder right and i think that by having it be animated they can be more like graphic in a funny way than they mm-hmm. would have been able to if they had tried to do that live action. Right. Um, which is why I which is why I picked that one specifically because I think it's working really well within the genre. But did did we talk about this last time when one of your categories from last time was um people remaking their own videos? Did we talk about the decision part two? Which is oh, a great yes. example of that. I think one of the funniest things they ever did was they they took one of their very early cheap janky music videos and then they wrote a new song, which is that song part two. Yeah. And it was like a celebration of like their 10th anniversary or something like that. And they basically remade the video and it looks it, it looks like a perfect blend of like the new pretty good production value style and the old classic stuff. And they got the same woman to come back too, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. funny because she's like an adult now. <laughs> and probably, I mean, they were all adults, but like. She probably lives on the East Coast and they're, they're on I the think West she does, now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, will, I was going to say, I think my favorite song, song by them, if I'm looking at it with the music video, is The Decision, part one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that song gets stuck in my head. All the time. I, the, I mean, the, the, a joke that I think makes me laugh every time they did it, and they did it a lot, is is using the dummy. Yeah. Is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the, like, very curly wig on uh-huh, it. <laughs> yeah. The dummy is hilarious, and the dummy has a great part in the decision, if I remember yes. correctly. Yeah, I think that the decision also, yeah, it uses utilizes that comedic escalation really well. Um, and it also utilizes one of my favorite comedic things in general, which is pop-ups. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will never get tired of seeing something pop up. I Okay, I've thought of one song that I think might be really elevated by the, their video for it. And, uh-huh. and that is Unicorn Wizard. Yes. Yes, you're right. Because when you're watching the video for Unicorn Wizard, you get to see the dogs that he's singing about. Yes. <laughs> I think, and you know what? This is not an animated one. I know we're just talking about Ninja Sex Party now. But um, Dragon Slayer? That, oh, okay, yeah. I think that was sort of like the main one that I was forgetting and leaving out. I think Dragon Slayer yeah. is in my top five. Because that has Aaron in it, right? Mm-hmm. That one is one where the music video, I feel like, elevates it because he sings I like... I am the dragon. <laughs> And it's Aaron wearing that very silly onesie, yeah. And he's like, not some guy in a dragon suit. Not some guy Dan met at the bus station. (laughs) 
in a dragon suit. And obviously, I mean, maybe it goes without saying, one huge asset to these songs is how fun they are to sing along with. Yes. I love to sing along with Dragon Slayer. Uh, with why I cry and um, road trip is really hard because road trip is a big like list song. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to remember the order in which they will come. But yeah, um, yeah, top five probably why I cry, road trip, dragon slayer, uh, dinosaur laser fight, mm-hmm. and either party of three or sixty nine, sixty nine, maybe. Um. Also, a note with no heart one boner. Of the th- heart boner. Forget it. For heart. <laughs> no heart boner. Heart boner. Dinosaur right. laser fight is five. Heart boner is four, and then the other three that I said. Um. Another reason I like first date, even though it's animated, is it like Aaron's still in it. Like their oh, his yeah, friends yeah. are still in it, and mm-hmm. I am always touched by that. Yeah. Well, w- I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was watching the first date video while we were having this conversation, and I did mm-hmm. see. I think that they animated a cameo into this video that maybe they would take out now if they did it today. Oh, who's in it? I think I think John is in it. Oh, really? There's a guy who's like colored green. Oh, okay. Um, and I think it's supposed to be John. Yeah, that guy. He just... Uh... Unless it's supposed to be Barry. When did this song came out? Uh, YouTube says this video was posted four years ago. Okay, well. Maybe it's not John, but they would change it if they knew that I thought it was John. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, please. Go ahead. I take it all back. It's supposed to be Ryan. Oh, okay. I'm looking at all the cameos. To get, they're together in one shot towards the end, and I believe mm-hmm. from left to right, it's Matt, Ryan, Aaron, Barry, and Ross. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was like, it seems late for it to be John, but yeah, maybe no, I'm just no, not remembering timelines. No, you're totally right. I think just what car- cartoonizing those two people, Yeah, <laughs> those caricatures look really similar. <laughs> so the other cartoons I have in this category are... You Should See Me on a Crown by Billie Eilish. Um, I picked this one because it's not like flat 2D animated. It's like 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also picked it because she turns into a big scary spider, which I like. Uh-huh. Um, this is a throwback from the um, Is a Whole Movie, but Daft Punk's Interstellar 4545, uh, or however you say it, um, which is Kenny wanted me to make sure that I brought up because I listened to the last episode before I recorded this one. And with Kenny. Um, and Kenny said, make sure that Will knows that even though the movie is called Interstellar 4 or 5, it is based off of the album Discovery by Daft Punk. <laughs> okay. So this is a situation where the movie does not have the same name as the album. Thank you very much. I have no idea what any of that is. <laughs> it's Except Daft for Punk. Daft. I know what Daft Punk is. <laughs> that's That's the end of my knowledge about that. Um, I also, I mean, you could include pretty much any gorillas music video on here. Yep. Um, I included their sort of first hit, Feel Good Inc. And I think it's worth noting, do you know why gorillas, the gorillas are, um, animated? I don't know if I do. So the reason that, so this band came out in like, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, they're still a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the reason that they are animated is because it's rock music. Um, it does have some rapping elements, but it's rock music, and the band members are largely black, and they oh. felt like they would not be successful as a black rock band. So they they made the aesthetic choice to be animated, um, and to you know present themselves as being animated so that they could hit be successful. And it, I mean, it worked. Um, but it is also I specifically included it in this category because um, the animation was key to the band themselves because of this like sis, you know systemic racism and stuff like that. I think that's right. super interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, it's it's also like clear. I say sad in the sense that like, oh, I wish there wasn't racism and that people could just do what they wanted <laughs> and if they were good, be rewarded. Um, it worked, I think, is sort of the yeah. takeaway. It worked. For for better or for worse, what they did end up making rocks. It, it, yeah, it's good. It, and and <laughs> is sort of ahead of its time. Like I think that Absolutely. this I think that this ages a lot better than most of the other videos that we could watch from the same time period. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially because those characters were all, they were all so specific. The animation style was really specific. Yeah. And I feel like not sim- not super similar to other things. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a, I, that's why I added that one. And then I, I did include another sort of 3D animated one, which was um, the music video for Cold Heart by Elton John and Dua Lipa. Do you know mm. about this song? I don't think I do. This song is great. Let me <laughs> Let me preface that. It's Elton John and Dua Lipa, so how could it possibly be bad? Can I guess what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Was this like written for, I don't know, the end credits of Rocket Man or something? You know what? I actually don't know that specifically, but it's a sort of like a medley of a bunch of Elton John songs. It sounds like it must have been made because of Rocket Man. That's possible. Assuming it's as recent as I think it is. Okay, it says this was posted one year ago. So yeah, it mashes up Rocket Man, Sacrifice, Kiss the Bride, and the movie Where's the Shura? <laughs> hmm. Or the track Where's the Shura from the movie Blue Moves. Um, but yeah, it's this like medley that they put together. I don't see yeah. anything about it specifically being for Rocket Man. Mm, maybe not. Um, but it's a um it's a really fun, beautiful music video where it's just like in space and it's really colorful. Mm-hmm. And um, the one fact I do have from this is that uh, Dua Lipa sings the, and I think it's going to be a long, long time. And Which when, NSP has also sung, go on. Yes. And when um, people were interviewing Elton John about the song and doing this together with Dua Lipa, I guess he just really likes Dua Lipa, so he... He seems like a really good da- guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems like he really likes supporting other artists and like doing stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And I guess when they were interviewing about this, he said that he let her sing that part because he's sung that part so many times he was kind of sick of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> the next category is En Route. Mm. Uh, and this is actually not one I made up myself. This is one um, Auden had found a tweet by someone which I will include in the show notes um i don't i didn't copy it over here foolishly um but some guy had tweeted my favorite genre of music video is en route Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's basically when people are going from one place to another place for the entire music video (laughs) yep and um 
I included A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Um, this In this music video, she's sitting at her piano and she's being pulled on like a trailer, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, closing time, of course. This is this is a classic, by the way. Just what I just want to closing acknowledge. time. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> the Vanessa Carlton video. Oh yeah, I love that video. I just want to acknowledge that, like, this is in from from my perspective, which is limited knowledge. I I ha- I have not put the energy or the time that you have into watching music videos and thinking about them. From an outsider's perspective, I think this is in the pantheon of like all time music videos. I agree. And I was actually, this was one of those songs that I was like, this one and Closing Time, I was both like, I can't believe that these didn't show up on my original episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Closing Time 2, do you remember the... Did you ever have you ever seen the closing time video? Are you familiar I, with it? I'm looking at it now and I don't recognize this. This is not familiar to me. So the closing time video has multiple um it looks sort of like you're playing a GoldenEye 64 multiplayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um in that you have multiple shots, but these people are are traveling and at the end they all meet up at the same place. Um so they're all en route and then meeting each other, which I think is really lovely. And of course, the song is actually famously about the lead singer's child being born. Um, that's why the line, this room won't be open till your brothers and your sisters come, is a thing. The writer of this song uh, recently performed it on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Really? Mm-hmm. That's so nice. Yep. I, lo- I heard the song just on the radio, literally today. They play it all the time. It's so good. Sure. Um, when I Come Around by Green Day is also another, they're just walking the entire time and the camera's just there. Um, and I did include, again, Yellow by Tegan and Sarah on this, even though we've already talked about it. Because they're just en route. They're just walking along the beach. Mm. Um, I'm not, the yeah. next category is music videos as plays. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. In these music videos, they're not explicitly all, like you're not, the camera isn't like sort of. It's not like you're seeing a uh, sort of filmed version of a play where the camera is just sort of showing the stage the entire time. But Mm -hmm. the idea is that there is definitely a stage. There's a curtain that opens and closes. Um, People are on a stage. The first one is uh, Moulin Rouge by, famously, by Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink featuring Missy Elliott. Yes. Of course, what you mean is it's Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. Yes. Sorry. I yeah. only call it Moulin Rouge. which is That's crazy. fair enough. Yeah. I mean, why why call it anything else, really? Yes. Um, you know, a very beautiful music video of all of them singing and being really good at singing and um, it being in, like, pretty lingerie. <laughs> yep. Ba- Baz Luhrmann back in the public consciousness and back in the in the discourse. Uh, yes, this past year. Um, Unholy I'm- by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. I like this song, but I will say that this song <laughs> is very funny to me because I I saw a TikTok about this and I was like, it was one of those things where I had all these thoughts in my brain, but I didn't have the words for them until I saw this TikTok. Which this TikTok was like, here's a list of songs where the whole song is written for the chorus and the verses don't matter. 
And the person was like, and if you want, I can also show you songs where the chorus doesn't matter. The whole song is written for the verses, but Mm. that's not what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. This song is so short. Mm. It like doesn't have a bridge. It like this song could really, I think, benefit from having a second Sam Smith verse and a bridge. (laughs) Interesting. Instead, it has one Sam Smith verse, one Kim Petras verse as like a as a she's a feature and then it's just that's the end of the song so it ends up being really short and so the music video they basically had to pad it out otherwise it would have been like i think i think the song unholy is under three minutes the Mm -hmm. whole song yeah um oscar winner sam smith yeah they're great and the song i mean that's the thing that like kills me is like the song itself yeah the whole song will without in the the whole song is two minutes and 38 seconds yeah and the music video is four minutes and 36 seconds i'm seeing that yeah so it's they almost doubled the length mm-hmm. um so yeah i just wish that they would th- there was like criticism about how that song was rolled out um because of the way that they introduced it that i don't totally understand or want to get into but like yeah i just feel like that song need i feel like this is more of a first draft with this song despite mm. the fact that i like it yeah but the music video is about um, this guy going to, like, a sort of sexy club. Um, but the club has a performance, and so there's a bunch of things – there's a bunch of stuff happening on a stage where it's very clearly, like, set up like a play. Yep. Uh, and there's a curtain. And then Roses by Outcast. So are you familiar with this song slash this video? I don't think so. Okay. So Outcast had an album come out that was called Speaker Box slash The Love Below. And the idea was that even though they were both still um, working with each other, um, Andre 3000 and Big Boy um, each basically got half of the album. Can I just say, because both Tegan and Sarah and Outkast have come up on the show, there's a, a – I brought up Comedy Bang Bang a couple of moments ago. Yeah. Comedy Bang Bang launched a kind of – I will call it a kind of super Patreon uh-huh. Called, called CBB World, mm-hmm. where you can pay monthly or annually to get shows that you can't otherwise get. And one of them is a monthly show called CBB FM, where Scott has a guest on and they just listen to music and then mm-hmm. they, and they talk about the songs. Mm-hmm. And Tegan and Sarah were on uh, CBB FM. Mm-hmm. And because it's Scott Ackerman... Uh, who can't help but just be himself. Uh, a long part of their conversation was devoted to which of them is Andre 3000 and which of them is Big Boy in Tegan <laughs> and Sarah. <laughs> oh, I'm very delighted by that. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did they land on? I don't recall <laughs> because it did not make a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say as a side note about Tegan and Sarah is that I saw a tweet once that was like, everything made a lot more sense to me when I realized I only liked Tegan's songs. <laughs> mm. Well, that, that, that's my experience with They Might Be Giants. Oh, yeah? It took me years of listening to They Might Be Giant songs before I acknowledged, oh, some of these are Linnell songs and others are Flansburg songs. And I strongly prefer John Linnell's output 
Oh, that's so funny. Now, that that's not 100%. I have a handful of Flansburg songs that I really, really like. And yeah. um, I want all the best for Flansburg. He was in a car accident recently that was apparently pretty bad. Um, oh, no. Yeah, but uh, I think he's recovering, and I think, think they're going to be all right. Um, but anyway, yeah, as much as I have listened to Tegan and Sarah, I have not given very much thought to uh them having uh different songs uh tegan songs and sarah songs by the way by the way one of my birthday presents was the con on vinyl uh from dana oh uh, man which we've uh you know i think when we when you did your brand new episode i made it about my desert island albums and you might recall the the con is one of them yes and i actually have a related thing to both tegan and sarah and roof beams and a redoing thing to tell you related to the con Mm -hmm. which i might have mentioned before but it's worth bringing up so you know how tegan and like i said earlier tegan and sarah made their homage to the yellow music video in their yellow music video yeah um so nathan recently for roof beams had a song came out called the con Mm. And um, it was the song that included the title track for Our Life Must Be Long mm-hmm. or Life Must Be Long, which is the name of his album. And he's the kind of guy that has an album title that comes from his lyrics but isn't the name of the song. Right. Mm-hmm. That happens which, pretty much across the board. Which, which, uh, as uh, sorry, these are the types of connections you can only make when you do a podcast for five years. <laughs> Every single sentence one person says to the other sparks an association. Yes. <laughs> Don't Stop or We'll Die, one of my favorite bands. They just put out a new album. It's called Signature Please. That is a lyric, but it is not a song title. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And that's not totally true, but most of the time that's true for Nathan. Uh-huh. And um, when he put that when he put that song out, he initially uploaded it on YouTube. Now, of course, I'm one of his – I'm his like only subscriber on YouTube, so I had listened to the song multiple times. By the time he played it on like an Instagram live. And uh, when I said to him, I thought this was going to be a cover of a Tegan and Sarah song. Uh, he was like, oh, haha, it's not. Well, lo and behold, Will, the album comes out and the song is no longer called The Con. Oh. It's called Our Life Must Be Long. What and do you know? I have to believe, I've just decided mm-hmm. that it's because I poked a little fun at him. Yeah. <laughs> And initially he didn't he wanted it to be a lyric from a song and then he just said now I have to re- retitle the song. Mhm. There you go. Okay, so there's that. Um the next three videos, the next category I have are uh oh, I didn't get to talk about Roses by Outcast. Roses is they had the speaker box in the love below and so Roses takes place at like a high school assembly that's like a play and the idea is that there are these two rival gangs, uh, Speaker Box headed by Andre 3000 and The Love Below headed by Big Boy. They're like during this play, they come to a head and then there's like a big fight. Yes. And the girl that they're going after leaves with like a third party. It's a really good music video. It's very right. funny. Yes. I'm seeing that uh, Kevin McDonald from uh, Kids in the Hall is in this music video. Yes. So yes, it must be pretty funny. So the next category is I'm calling categories music videos that look like they're in a de- they're in a different decade but aren't exactly period pieces. Mm. 
So it's not like a period piece where everybody's in historic garb. Mm-hmm. Um, the three songs I have on here are This Is Why by Paramore, which is a brand new song, Traitor by Olivia Rodrigo, and Middle of Nowhere, which is, again, from like the mid-aughts um, by Hot Hot Heat. So This Is Why um, was the first music video released for Paramore's new album, which isn't even out yet. And it's very much like everything about their clothing and even the way that they um, do the coloring of the the music video in terms of like the co- the warmth of the colors is very yeah. much in the 70s. Right. She's got like the big bump in her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like a period piece. <laughs> right. It's and they style. also they also go out of the way to show shots of the shots. Mm. So they show like shots of people filming and so you can see that the camera looks old timey too. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Traitor by Olivia Rodrigo is sort of a funny one for us because as we know, Olivia Rodrigo is a teenager. Um, she, you know, recorded most of Sour when she was 17. Um, and Traitor is filmed in such a way where a lot of it looks like it's filmed on an old like handheld camera. So it very much is supposed to look like it takes place in the 90s, which is very funny for us because for her, that's a very long time ago. Right. <laughs> before she was born. And the Middle of Nowhere by Hot Hot Heat um, looks like it takes place in like Britain in the 60s, I want to say. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's such a weird, it's a, this is a song that I feel very little about but the music video always stuck with me this music video also has a plot which is the lead they're performing the song and in the middle of performing the song the lead singer goes to pee and when he comes back everyone's gone Mm. and then he wanders around and everybody's missing and then he decides to start filming with an old-timey camera and when he develops the film uh he can see on the film all of the people Hmm. And it ends with them. He goes up to the roof and he's recording like the band, and it re- it ends with him seeing himself performing. <laughs> Trippy. But again, this is such like a weird music video choice. I feel like, like let's make a music video that's basically a standard music video, except it just feels like it's from a different decade. Yeah, I, I would I would encourage artists to do this more. You think so? You like it? Yeah. I I, I just think that um, I, I, I think you really reduce the risk of your output aging poorly aesthetically. Yeah. If you intentionally hearken back to yeah, a, a bygone style or aesthetic. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, I, yeah, and I all of those videos I think are very um, lovely to to watch. This is sort of related to um, one of my pet peeves is when I watch a movie or a television show, and it the the it tells me explicitly that it, it is set in present day. Mm-hmm. You must not mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> Um, you must set it in a particular year. Are you watching The Last of Us? Yes. Um, do you like it so far? Yes. Me too. Um, do you Do you remember the weird, not weird, but how they slightly changed the years in that? Mm-hmm. So the way that the game is, is that 
the outbreak happens in 2013. Mm -hmm. And so when we skip ahead 20 years, it's 2033. Yeah. And the the decision they made for the show, which I think is really interesting in terms of present day, right? Mm -hmm. Because present day, when the video game came out, it was 2013. Mm -hmm. And what they did for the show is it starts the outbreaks in 2003. Right. And so now it's present day, which is 2023. It's a great decision because it hamstrings them, if that's the right word, probably not, mm-hmm. into um, you, they cannot reference anything post-2003. Yes. In their universe, yes. culture stopped, history stopped. All the movies, all the music, all that stuff doesn't exist. They it, can't pull a Handmaid's Tale. It's it's great to watch something and be like, oh, references to anything from the past 20 years are banned. Yeah. And if one slips through, they fucked up. Yeah. That's good to me. I think so too. That's a good restriction to put on yourself. I will say something that I, I knew that watching, I said to Kenny, I knew that watching the first episode was going to be really um, hard because sure. of how emotionally it affected me in the video game. Mm-hmm. And so assuming they did it well, which they did, I said I knew that that first one was going to be hard. Something I did not expect um, is because now it's taking place in 2003 and not 2013, at one point Sarah, the daughter of Joel – um, played by Pedro Pascal, um, says, you know, she's trying to figure out what's going on. And they're, they're, I think they're in the truck at this point. And she says, do we think it's terrorists? Right. And I I was already bawling and I, I just was like, ugh. I just was like. Yeah. Just so like, oh, now, that God. Made it, that made it a thousand times better. I did not ex- – it made it so much better and I just was not expecting to have this visceral reaction to that where mm-hmm. I suddenly felt like I was in 2003 again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've sort of talked about 9-11, but like even though I was not in New York, um, I was – I could see Three Mile Island from my school. And so we had spent that whole day afraid that there was going to be a nuclear meltdown. Right. Because any, it seemed like anything was possible, right? Yeah. They, and they, so, they really have – had their cake and eaten it too because in like they obviously intentionally in the first scene of the first episode of the show drop the word pandemic. Yes. So they're like, okay, you got that in your head, right? We know everybody's got that in their head. And then when it comes time for shit to go down and the apocalypse to start, they're like, psych, it's 2003. Everyone has terrorism in their head because of 9-11. Remember when that was the thing? Yes. Oh, man. I just, they did such a good job with it. And I just, I knew, I, I guess it's part of the reason I know they did such a good job with it is because I knew I was going to have some visceral reactions. And then I had even more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But it also didn't make me feel like I just wanted to die like watching The Walking Dead did. I think that they're dealing with the violence really tastefully. Mm-hmm. I put in scare quotes. Anyway. That's the last episode. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Songs with specific a specific word in their title that then doesn't use that imagery very much. Mm. <laughs> so I had brought this up recently with that song Sunroof by Nikki Yore, oh, where yeah. the whole chorus is about the sunroof. And what is in the music video, Will? I can't recall. What uh, is sort a, of a, an extreme sunroof? <laughs> it's a convertible. Oh, right. A convertible. Right. Yeah. 
Jesus. So, um, another one is the song Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA, a song that I like quite a bit. There's very little kissing. <laughs> mm-hmm. The conceit of that music video is very funny. It's the idea that this guy... And this man has crash landed on an alien planet and he's moving through the planet and then eventually comes upon uh, Doja Cat and SZA and they don't make out. They sort of like kiss his body, like his shoulders, mm-hmm. but there's like no making out, which is such a weird choice. Right. Um, and then the sort of quote unquote twist at the end is that he's actually sort of dreaming this. He isn't a man that's crash landed on an alien planet, but they're playing a video game, which was the music video up until this point. Mm. Um, Which it's very funny to see them um, playing a video game together. It's like very cute and I'm very endeared by it. Mm -hmm. But again, why is it not in there? And I do have an answer for this one, uh, which is the third video on this list which is the thong song by cisco has surprisingly little thongs and i there's an article on vice which i've linked in the show notes that i've also linked for you um where they interviewed cisco about writing the thong song and it is one of the funniest interviews i've ever read in my life um and part of and they do actually say part of the reason that there aren't that many thongs in the thong song video is because even though, you know, I feel like that time period, the sort of golden age of music videos, one of the criticisms was that a lot of the music videos were just like scantily clad women dancing. I guess they had to really work around the censors and so they couldn't have that many thongs. So the thongs that you do see are very often like underneath like a sheer piece of fabric or um, like there's some that you sort of see in the very last part of the music video where um, like it's all bl- – it's got black light. So they're sort of like glowing through a sheer piece of material in a black light situation. So it's not as like explicit. <laughs> but let me read you part of this article. Cisco, tell me the exact moment that the thong song came to life. Cisco. I went on a date with this young lady, and after the date, I'm hanging out. I'm getting to second base. Next thing, she takes off whatever clothes she had on, and for the first time in my life, I saw a thong. Or was, or what was expressed to me as a thong. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was that it was glorious. I was at a loss for words. I was like, what? What is? What is this? What is that? What is this? And she was like, you know, a G-string, a thong. And I was like, ow, it's called a thong? Pretty much. I don't even remember what happened for the rest of that night because I could not wait to get back, you know, like around my friends and tell them of this glorious material I had witnessed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Please, please go and read the rest of this interview. It is one of the best things I've ever read. I read it out loud to my very highly critical brother and he was very delighted. So I feel like that is... That's one of the most ringing endorsements uh, yes. uh, that uh, I've heard of. Um, and then the last category, I have two last parts of a category because I realize we've, we're sort of running late now. I wanted to talk about Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry. I brought up Spike um, Jones before, yeah. Both of them have, both of their videos have shown up in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But these are two directors that have um, directed just 
you know, dozens of music videos, like so many, so many that their Wikipedias have a whole section just for the music videos that they've directed and they're long. That's right. Um, and it's also something I learned, I re- you know, for a long time, I would say um, these were actually directors that I knew because of music videos. Mm-hmm. And I also, whenever a new music video would come out that they had directed, it was like, oh, I like this because it's a Michel Gondry or a Spike Jones music video. Mm-hmm. And something else I learned when I was making a sort of little collection here is that they also both worked with a lot of the same artists. Mm. So they both have made music videos for the White Stripes. They both have made music videos for the Chemical Brothers, Kanye West, Paul McCartney, and Daft Punk. Um, And very often multiple videos for each of them. Yeah. Each of those people, which I think is super interesting. Um, If only I I wish they would have maybe done one together. Mm. Um, So I just picked out a few to highlight for Spike Jones and for Michelle Gondry. For Spike Jones, I highlighted Buddy Holly by Weezer. Are you familiar with that music video? I feel like you would be. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, which is a hilarious music video. <laughs> and uh, Flashing Lights. I mean, Kanye West obviously is like a piece of shit. But this music video I know was um, particularly um, a highlight of his career at the time. So that's one of the reasons I picked it out. Also because I was trying to not just pick like, you know, the same bands that like another White Stripes video. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and skip over that one as I go through the playlist just to Avoid putting that in my algorithm right now. <laughs> and then um, for Michelle Gondry, um, I picked The Hardest Button to Button by The White Stripes, um, which is a, that's the music video where every time there's like a beat, another drum kit shows up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's how, the, that's sort of an en route music video, actually. Because they're moving every time there's like a yeah, beat. Yeah, I'm seeing it, yeah. Um, Everlong by The Foo Fighters. Um a classic. The Foo Fighters love having jokey music videos, so that's one of those. I think that's the other thing is both Spike Jones and Michel Gondry um, are making funny music videos, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting. And then um, I included the Sheryl Crow video, uh, A Change Would Do You Good, because she's sort of like, I mean, she's a pop singer, but she's also got some more country folk blues undertones to her. Um, and I know I haven't included any of that when I'm looking at music videos because I just have no base knowledge there. Um, This song, of course, I remembered from my youth. I don't think I had explicitly seen the music video. And this music video (laughs) does do something that you and I had previously discussed we don't like, which is that there's talking over the music. Yeah. And they have actually re-released, I guess they did later release a version of this song where they had cut that out. Oh, uh, Mary Lynn Rice Cub is in this one. It's, I was going to say, I still think it's notable, even if, I think it's notable to look at as sort of a, you know, an art object in the sense that it's got this like sort of viewfinder cutout, mm-hmm. sort of like you're looking at a viewfinder and you click it to the next image. Right. Um, and then the idea is that <laughs> okay, there's- Okay, a bunch of people are in this. Okay. There's a bunch of people in this music video and the idea is that <laughs> as you're like clicking through the viewfinder, the people sort of get mixed up as to what scene they're in. This is actually kind of fascinating. <laughs> But it's like it's almost like not really even about the song because there's so much talking and hap- and stuff going on. But I did think it was notable, and that's why I. <laughs> I am uh, very glad that you've brought this to my attention. Yeah. <laughs> this is. A, I thought that you'd be interested in it too. This is a fascinating object. And the very I had a category 
last time, which was just like music videos I liked. Um, and a music video that I really like and that I also think is really notable, because one of the things we forgot to bring up the last time was This is America by Childish Gambino. Um, I sort of added it into the show notes at the end. That's probably the most important music video of the past decade in terms of like artistry. Um, and I think it's also worth pointing out that that song wasn't from an album. It was like just a single. Um, and I bring that up because this song is also not from an album. It was just a single. And it's Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money, which of course has um, Rihanna in it. It's like a seven and a half or eight minute long video. It's got Mads Mikkelsen in it. Speaking of great, great interviews, do you yeah. know Do you know about the Mads Mikkelsen interview where he talks about this video? Oh, I I might, but tell me because I don't I couldn't re- reproduce any of it for you. Let me. I'm doing a quick Google search. Uh, okay, you were in the music video for Rihanna's song "Bitch Better Have My Money." What's your favorite Rihanna song? Asks the interviewer. Mads Mikkelsen replies, I wasn't really aware of who she was, so I had to double check with my kids, and they were (laughs) screaming in my face. That's right. You fucking moron. Don't you know who she is? If you don't do this, I'll kill you. (laughs) So I've heard a few things. I think she varies a lot. She has a broad palette of different styles, but I have a soft spot. For bitch better have my money because, after all, I am the bitch. That's right. <laughs> and this is why you can get a t-shirt on Super Yaki, my favorite film bro merch store. Sorry to call it film bro. That's probably derivative. They do a lot of uh, more feminist leaning stuff. Uh, uh, my my favorite film Twitter, film cinephile type. Uh, yeah. They, they say, they sell a t-shirt with Mads Mikkelsen's face on it and says, I am the bitch. <laughs> um, have, and have you seen this music video then? I can't say that I actually have. Okay, so it's very long. There's like large sections of it that don't have. It's very much like a small movie. Um, I think it actually, I, we've been very critical of like music videos trying to be whole short films. I think this one actually does it a lot more successfully in part because the driving plot point is also part of the lyrics. And I think that part of my criticism of those is very often that um, they're trying to make a small movie, but the song has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This music video is very violent. It's very graphic. Uh, There's a lot of titties in it. Uh, There's drug use. Uh, It ends with Rihanna covered in blood, completely naked. Uh, And I feel like, uh, I just want to say that it rules. It's so good. <laughs> it's like so over the top. It's like any criticism that I might have for like the perhaps uh, like the the lens of sexism or like she kidnaps a woman and that's the woman who's like naked half the time. Um, anything I have, any criticisms I would normally have, I just can't bring myself to have them. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so cool. Rihanna's so cool. The whole thing is cool mm-hmm. um and this was a song that that like this is america sort of the opposite <laughs> in terms of content and tone mm. um was just a single did not have an album backing it it was just a standalone thing that was wildly popular i'm just i'm i'm, I'm watching eric roberts is in this too, yes and eric I, roberts is in I, it too i did not know that that <laughs> 
that also makes it more interesting. <laughs> um, and the song is like so catchy, I think is the other thing. Um, and if you haven't seen the music video, I know that Mads Mikkelsen said, I am the bitch. At one point, it actually shows him and there's text on the screen with an arrow that says, the bitch. Mm-hmm. So he's not exaggerating. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not like even just saying like, it's inferred. Like right. that literally comes up on the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, we get a little bonus. I know we're running out of time, but I just want to bring up a few things that are about lyrics and not about music videos because I think they're funny. And I don't think I can do a full podcast episode on this. This is a category of lyrics that I've noticed um, where the lyrics are incredibly pedestrian <laughs> in a way that I think is incredibly funny, where they're lyrics that are just describing something as if you were reading it like in a text box, uh, a textbook, or as if you were just talking to somebody um, who was saying something very dry and matter-of-factly. The first is, and I know we've brought up TLC once and this song specifically, No Scrubs. Do you know how No Scrubs starts by TLC? I can't recall. It starts, a scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine and is also known as a busta. I think this is so funny. That is quite (laughs) funny. It's like a text and is also known as A. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It, like, it. It, it would be one thing if it was just like a scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine and then they said anything else. But instead it becomes this like urban dictionary definition. It sounds like a uh, part of a spelling bee. Yes. <laughs> yes. The second is the song um, regis- Title and Registration by Death Cab for Cutie. Do you know the song? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that I do. Yeah. I couldn't sing it to you off the top of my head, but I'm sure I know it. This one is also one that it's the very first line. And it's, he just says, the the glove compartment is an accurately named. And everybody knows it. And everybody knows it. Yep. (laughs) Again, it's like so, like such a boring, like, doesn't that sound like sort of like a dry humor, like stand-up comedian's first line? It it sounds a little bit like a Dimitri Martin joke, yeah. Yes. I was going to mention Dimitri Martin, yes. The last crosses over with the second category, which this one's a little bit more, re- a little bit more repetitive, so it's hard to get across in the same way. Like, I think it's as hard as efficiently to get across. I think it makes more sense when you're actually listening to the song. But there's this song... There's the song. The song Sicko Mode by Travis Scott has a Drake verse on it. And most of the Drake verse is him talking about taking um, a Xanax on a flight and then sleeping the entire time. But the reason I think it's so funny is because he literally spends one, two, three, four, five, six lines of his rap simply talking about the fact that his Xanax had him asleep on a flight, mm-hmm. which is like a very normal thing, quote unquote, normal thing to do. You're on a long flight, so you would like to sleep for most of it. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are, I did a half a Xan, 13 hours till, till, I, till I land, had me out like a light, like a light, like a light, slept through the flight, knocked out for the night. So even if we take away the parts that are repeated... I did a half a Xan, 13 hours till I land, had me out like a light, slept through the flight, 
knocked out for the night. Why do you have three lines <laughs> explicitly saying that you are asleep? Sounds good. Rhymes sound good. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're all like one for one rhymes. So this brings me to my second category of lyrics I've noticed, which is that, and Drake has two of these, but it's lyrics where they mention that they've only taken half of a dose of their drugs. Mm-hmm. So in this one, he says he did a half a Xan. He has another line um, in the song, uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later, where he says, I did a half, she took a whole. And then he says, baby, slow down. Why? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? And then in Anaconda by Nicki Minaj, she also says, I only took a half a pill. I think this is so funny that this has come up so many times. Yeah, that's a little bit funny. It's so specific, right? I Well, yeah, I can that see. you're telling me your dosage. I, I can see how someone would think that that is relatable. Yes, sure. And also specific. Which is the type of thing that you might put into song lyrics. Yes, that's like, true. Like, oh, this is really specific, but you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, those are my That two... T- TFW, you take half a Xan, sleep on the flight. <laughs> like a light. Had me knocked out for the night. Um, so yes, that's it. That's my music video part two episode. Those are the things I've noticed. Those are the trends I see happening. Uh, those are the things that I'm glad I got to talk about that I didn't get to talk about in the last episode. Well done. I'm glad that in a, a couple of hours of talking about maybe, I don't know, 10 categories, I contributed one uh, video. Well, it's not your episode, Will. You no, don't have I to know. contribute anything except your listening ears. Indeed. And telling me how gr- smart I am, of course. Well, you've been very smart and uh, you did a great job. And thank I you. say congratulations and I thank you for it. I guess the next episode will be the Oscars episode. Probably that is what we will do. And probably we will do it in February and probably not in person, although we could. Mm-hmm. That's Pro- true. Probably before we get to be in person, probably earlier in February. Yeah, that makes sense. Is what I'm thinking. But I might change my mind. <laughs> well, I'll be ready either way. Sounds good. Bye, Will. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngestofone, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram. 